projecting where the quarterbacks will go in the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft, and one striking connection between a team and a quarterback, which is too strong to ignore. All that coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Happy Friday. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you here at the Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So, Matt, we are going to talk quarterbacks today. What is going on with the Carolina Panthers? What are the New Orleans Saints priming themselves for in this draft? A quarterback-only mock draft, maybe a couple of different scenarios in a world where the league goes quarterback crazy in this draft, similar to, not quite similar to last year, but maybe higher than people expect, or the level-headed, where do these prospects actually rank quarterback-only mock drafts? And we'll see if we can make some sense of what's going to happen with the quarterbacks in this class. And I know your team that you cover on the daily, mat and the Pittsburgh Steelers is in this mix, but they feel like a team that's out of reach in some ways, but um, there's a lot of angles to this and and a lot of layers to the quarterback. So we will cover that on today's show. But before we get to all of that, a quick bit of news in the league that I found somewhat interesting, and it is that Brandon Cooks, wide receiver with the Houston Texans, is going to stay in Houston and has agreed to a two-year extension, which is surprising because I think we both thought, Matt, that he'd probably be on the move at some point this offseason or, you know, maybe not be a long-term Texan, but the Texans starting to build a little stability maybe. Yeah. I thought there was a very high chance he'd get traded, you know, wide receiver trades have only taken a backseat to quarterback movement this off season. Adams Hill, you know, we're talking about Metcalf guys like that. I thought cooks was kind of a sneaky one to end up in Kansas city or green Bay, or, you know, a lot of different teams could use his services. Very unique career. And he came in the league remarkably young. I mean, he was a dynasty darling as a rookie or first year or two in, in with the Saints and really hasn't done anything that I know of unless it's off the field stuff to not endear himself to all the teams he's been with because teams trade for him and they give up good stuff. It's not like the Amari Cooper trade yeah. where he's got to go, you know? It's it's crazy how often he's been traded. He's been traded for legitimate assets each time, right, but right. each team is willing to trade him again. It, it's odd. I guess once you're off your first team, you no long, longer have that glow of like this is our guy. This is, you know, this is our guy. He belongs in this city and once there's no attachment there, new GMs, new teams and, you know, they he just is a is a talent that has had more value to other teams than his current team multiple times in his career, but now it feels like that's not the case, and he's the number one, and he's going to be the guy to go forward with, for now, um, Davis Mills at quarterback for the Houston Texans. Um, yeah. l- a little surprising. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going to go next. It's like, okay, he was with the Rams, and the Rams have kind of had a revolving door of receivers, you know, Odell and Woods and Robinson and Cook, and, you know, that's kind of their M.O., but there's something about this guy, or it's just total coincidence of, you know, we're willing to trade for him, and we're willing to trade him. But kind of like you were saying, my biggest takeaway was, is Houston actually starting to grow roots? You know, like, do they have a quarterback and a receiver? And is Nico Collins a two? And can we actually start penciling in 
players that are Texan foundational players. It's I, I, I definitely starting to grow roots. Like you know the 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 seed has been planted and it's being watered for the first time, right? And, and that time. whole garden was just completely torn up. And for Texans fans, you feel good. You got a first round pick. You got a couple of first round picks this year. You know, and the the. The ship has been turned around from, you know, a precipitous drop it was heading to off of, uh, you know, a waterfall, basically. And now it's not that the Texans are going to be competing necessarily uh, w- with the best teams in the league, but you got to feel a lot better. Like, this is sort of uh, a, a I would call this a symptom of a team that is no longer sick in a way, right? Like, this is like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. this is what a real team does, and now you're building a roster. You're officially building a roster, and we're going forward instead of going backward. Yeah, I mean, kind of used like a similar metaphor, like uh, any kind of rehab or illness or whatever. Like, maybe they hit rock bottom, and now they're starting to move up. You know, for the Uh first time in a long time. Watson's gone. And lastly, hopefully after this draft, you know, when we talk about the draft on Monday, we'll say, wow, the Texans now have a dozen foundational players. You know, like, I see what they're building. Yes, they have a huge opportunity to do that. And who knows if they move down and continue to add even more picks. Right, right. But, um, yeah, you feel a lot better about the Houston Texans today than you did definitely heading into the draft a year ago. Yeah, exactly. And this isn't a giant move, but I think it's a statement move. And uh, not only from the organization, but this is a player that is a starting caliber player in the NFL that said, okay, I will sign to stay here and play. Yeah, so I'm that's not pretty big too. Pushing my way out of here, yeah. or you know, right, right, exactly. Maybe Cooks is like, just uh, I just don't want to get traded again. <laughs> I'm tired of moving, man. <laughs> I just Houston, buy a house. Houston's a nice city. Yeah, let's right. buy a house and hang out. <laughs> right. Cool. So Brandon Cooks staying with the Houston Texans, a two-year extension for him. Big offseason for those Houston. Texans, a big offseason for a lot of teams that might need quarterbacks in the NFL draft. Before we get to a quarterback-only mock draft, Matt, I want to talk about something very interesting. We talked about a little bit off the air, and uh, I knew that Matt Rule, when he was at Temple, had, I heard the stories recently, you know, you, you hear all the stuff that, that grows during draft season and connects prospects to teams, and, and why would a team like a prospect? The Kenny Pickett to Carolina one, is fascinating to me, and I did not see this until it rolled past my timeline a couple of days ago. There is a tweet out there from Kenny Pickett six years ago, almost exactly six years. It'll be six years tomorrow. April 9th, 2016, Kenny Pickett shot out a tweet that said, honored to say that I have committed to Temple University, and has a photo of him and a much slimmer, much younger-looking Matt Rule with... Kenny Pickett wearing a Temple number two jersey. And I didn't know that the connection with Rule and Kenny Pickett and Temple went this far along to where Kenny Pickett had actually committed to Temple before decommitting and ending up at the University of Pittsburgh. Yeah, the ties are crazy here. And you mentioned about Coach Rule. Hey, I looked better five years ago, too. Same, same. That's been a long five years. Yeah, uh, being a head coach takes a toll on your uh, physical outlook, and to say the least. It must be a stressful situation for Coach Rule. Understood. Again, I looked better five years ago, too. Um, I've kind of known this, you know, because of the pit connections and all that, that, you know, 
him and Rule go back, as you mentioned, in a big way. And trust me, as being a part of a recruiting process for three and a half years, you get a, a bond with not only Pickett, but especially his family, his high school coach, you know, to get the commitment level. There was a lot of time put in between these guys, and there's definitely still a relationship. I assume it's still a good one. Who's to say? You know, I mean, he didn't end up going there. Right. Did he feel but, burned? Is is rule like, oh, I don't want that guy. He can't even decide right. what college he wants to go to. I don't, you know, I don't want any part of that. He burned me. Right, right. I, I don't know. I assume they're still in good standings and certainly have communicated since. Um, but you may be aware of this, and, and there are some things that I kind of expanded on too, is the owner of the Patriot or the Panthers, who seems to be quite involved by his owner standpoint, mm-hmm. used to be a minority owner here in Pittsburgh with the Steelers, and more importantly, is a Pitt grad and is still very uh, involved as a booster. You know, I mean, he's very much in the loop with the University of Pittsburgh. Right, so, so there's the, the, the Tepper School of Business, right? Right, I mean, it's a, it, it, his name's on the building. <laughs> so, like, that's a lot of connections, head coach and owner. I mean, that's right. about as deep of a connection to a prospect as as you can get for a team that very clearly needs a quarterback, has done nothing at the quarterback position this offseason, and sits at the number six pick in the draft, and they can't sit there and wait for a second-round quarterback because they don't have a second-round pick. I don't think they have a third either. No, they I'm, don't. I'm, okay, yeah, I mean, so it's now or never. I'm sure they could trade a future pick for Jimmy, or they could easily get a hold of Baker, I mean, you can't go into week one with Darnold. I mean, as the sole, you know, guy involved, this is a situation. Trust me, I'm rooting for Kenny Pickett. I mean, he's a pit guy. I was a pit guy. Fine. I don't love him as a prospect, though. I mean, just to be totally honest. And this is bad business. When you get yourself in a situation like this where I don't want to say they have to take a quarterback or they have to take Pickett. But boy, the the winds are blowing that he's going to go early in the first round to the Panthers. I think that's where mistakes get made. Yes, the, and the last time, and, and we'll get to that mock draft here in a second, and and we'll see if that does make sense for the Carolina Panthers at six. And there's a lot of scenarios for them. We'll talk through it. The last time I can think of just a prospect that you drafted because there was such a personal connection there. And, and this is another unique situation, was way back in 2017, the first ever draft pick for GM John Lynch with the San Francisco 49ers. He actually uh, took classes at Stanford and had Solomon Thomas in a class. Oh, wow. The first time <laughs> yeah. ever in the history of the NFL that uh, a That's GM awesome. yeah. had a class with a prospect that he ended up drafting. And he loved the guy, and he I don't know if he was like cheating off his paper or whatever, but they ended up drafting him at number three. And it didn't turn out great. It was like it was too much of a connection. It was like it might have clouded your ability to scout this player because there was too much of a connection there. And I wonder if there, there's some of that. Like, they just love him too much. Like, we love Kenny Pickett. We're going to draft him. I don't care if it's a little bit too high. He's still a first-round guy. I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before, maybe even recently, but the year I was with the Browns, if you go back and look at those Browns teams under Butch Davis, who, trust me, I'm thankful for for giving me a job, but a big thing that hurt that organization was Butch and his GM, who also came from the U, only were interested in dudes from the U 
or that they recruited out of Florida or played against in the Big East. You know, like right. it, it, we were we were picking from a smaller deck than everybody else because they were super comfortable with these players. Uh, we recruited Gerard Warren. We're going to take him over Richard Seymour, which Ugh. is a true story. You know, wow. like, yeah. yeah. And and spoiler, it didn't turn out great. Right. Didn't turn out great. You know, go get a guy from Colorado or Oregon or, you know. Maybe Matt Williamson's still working for the Browns if they would have drafted Richard Seymour and and, and, (laughs) and, and picked from a bigger player pool. Okay, let's project this thing out. Where are the quarterbacks going to go in a quarterback needy league in this 2022 NFL draft? BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, including... This week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different angles of all the different leagues this season. Draft props as well. Where will Kenny Pickett go? Where will Malik Willis go? How many quarterbacks will go in round one of the 2022 NFL Draft? You can bet on such things at BetOnline, your continued source for all the sport wagering information including live betting and esports and scores as well. So not just football that you can still bet on, not just pro basketball, not just golf, UFC, boxing, esports, as well as your favorite Vegas casino games. So get over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, Locked On Experts covering all the latest around the league in less than 30 minutes, five days a week, Monday through Friday. It's free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, just like this program is, and a lot of draft coverage to come as well on the YouTube Locked On NFL channel. And I might make an appearance on that channel. Projecting the first round of the draft with these quarterbacks. Let's fast forward to pick six really quick with those Carolina Panthers. And trust me, we'll get back to the Detroit Lions. Like We're not done with the top of the draft quite yet, but the need at quarterback is just so clear. And the Carolina Panthers don't have a second-round pick. They don't have a third-round pick. And Kenny Pickett's still on the board for you at number six. Let's lock that pick in first, or the idea of that pick. That is the Carolina Panthers' plan A. We love Pickett drafting him at six. And then go through the, the thought process of the other teams to try to figure out how it could turn out. So... If, okay. if we're now the New Orleans Saints and we're talking about this same conversation and we also like Kenny Pickett, we probably think, well, we got to get up to five. If we want Pickett, we got to get up to five. And yes. I think any team would probably, if they loved Pickett, would think, well, we love Pickett, then the Carolina Panthers definitely love Pickett and that's where Pickett's going to go. So if you're the Saints, are you yeah. trading up to get Kenny Pickett? Are you trading up not caring about Kenny Pickett, just knowing that you like a couple of quarterbacks. Maybe you're trading up for Malik Willis and you're waiting for one quarterback to trickle off the board. Then you start calling the teams behind number six. The Saints can trade both of their first rounders if you look at the chart. And I would assume that even as high as the Texans at three or the Giants at five with two first rounders back to back practically. And the Jets at four even would be very interested in that deal. Although the Jets already have four picks in the top 38. It's not like they're hurting for the number of picks. So the Jets might want to go quality over quantity, even more than the Giants and the Texans. But so Kenny Pickett. Okay. We have him locked into pick six right now, but the draft hasn't started. Do the Saints go up? All right. I am still standing on my thoughts after the Saints-Eagles trade that I think the Saints are 
not doing this for a quarterback. I think 16 and 19 are going to be a tackle and a receiver, maybe with a little more maneuvering. And I think they like Winston. I am very, very open to the option that I am 100% wrong because history shows moves like this equal quarterbacks. And I'm also willing to say that I might have a Jameis Winston blind spot that I like him more than the Saints or the rest of the league. But boy, I would be highly critical of the Saints. Let's say they move to five because that's cheaper than one, two, three, four. Considering everything that they've had to pay to get there, I would destroy them if, if they all they get away from all the things that they've traded in this trade and maybe the next one to get the five is Kenny Pickett. You know, like to me, yes. that's uh, in the end, that's probably a lot more than your Niners spent. And it's a much lesser prospect. It, it So let's see, it would have ended up being. And we can take the sixth and the seventh out of it with yeah, the trade up with the Eagles. Essentially, what the back to or you know right what, what the Saints did is they traded a future first round pick and uh, a future even later second round pick. Second. So yeah. if they trade both their picks now, it would be two firsts and a and a future second to go from yeah. sixteen maybe up to three. That's actually a lot less. The the, the Niners paid three is, firsts and a third. So okay. it's a it's a discount from sixteen to three versus what the Niners paid twelve to three. It would be a discount in that regard, and maybe that's the way the Saints are looking at this thing. Is it basically a discount of a first round pick? Does that make it better? Like should should Kenny Pickett no. even be the pick at six, at sixteen? You know, right. I have, I have I mean, questions there. You're you're uh, you cover the Steelers daily. Should Pickett even be the pick at twenty? That's what I've been kicking around in my head for a while. I mean, I've been asked this 8,000 times in the last two months, especially with the Pittsburgh connection. You know, what quarterbacks would you take at 20? I'm like, I'll take Willis and sit him on the bench and learn. I don't think I'm taking Pickett, and I might like Ritter better than Pickett. You know, that's my opinions. And trust me, I want to love Pickett, but I don't know that I'm using 20 on him. I I mean, I'm going to be critical of the Panthers if they use six on him, but I think they will. And I understand it. Don't get me wrong. I understand it. I mean, it's better than Darnold. I mean, they're better at the most important position because of making that pick, at least, you know, short term and probably the next five years. But, man, I I don't think he's a good enough player. I mean, if it were Lance or Fields or somebody like that sitting there with the sixth pick overall, go get him. You know, the franchise-changing potential. I just don't see that with Pickett. And even Willis – Maybe. I mean, if I were the Saints, I would rather have Willis because he can sit easily, you know, where in Carolina, he's not going to sit. You know, that that would be disaster to me. So there's a a few notes on that, too, as well, when when it comes to Pickett. And I I think Pickett is getting – this is where I don't like Pickett as a prospect, where a lot of people love him as a prospect, and that is the idea that he has this super high floor. And I, I think his right. floor is lower than, say, Mac Jones was last year. His floor, to point. me, and especially the worst spot for him being Carolina, who needs offensive line help, like the Panthers should be drafting a tackle. And the Panthers should be sitting there at six praying that, you know, Iquanu or, or Neil Iquanu gets to them at Neil. six. Or maybe just drafting Cross there and just knowing that they're going to get one of those guys. That's, that should be the plan for, or trading back, should be the plan for the, right. the Panthers. Especially if you had a second or third round pick and you could end up with Ritter or Howe or something yes. like that on day two. 
So that I, would be ideal. Kenny Pickett is his pocket presence is not strong. If he ends up as a rookie and playing as a rookie behind a bad offensive line, I think that is disaster for Kenny Pickett and who he is as a player right now. And he doesn't have enough athleticism to live on. I'm going to bail the heck out of the pocket if number one is covered, you know, which is which he did a lot of that in college. And I think it will yeah. be a death knell for Kenny Pickett to end up, especially probably the worst spot for him is the Carolina Panthers, ironically, right? And asked to be that guy early in his career, and which and we already have a quarterback in Sam Darnold who sees ghosts and hasn't gotten over that. Uh, so I think the floor has been overstated for Kenny Pickett because of that reason. He needs to land in a spot with a good offensive line and he needs to develop, develop that better pocket presence. And then you look at the potential he's, he's a really accurate quarterback there's a lot to like about Kenny Pickett's why we're talking yeah, about him yeah, as a yeah. first round pick I don't want to crush the prospect completely but then you know there's the hand size questions and he's a really accurate quarterback but does he have such a you know a package of tools that you're excited about that that upper level of ceiling he can get to to be competing with the you know, some of the just the insanely talented quarterbacks that are existing in the league right now. So even if he hits his relative ceiling, you're fighting to get up to get, you know, uh, maybe a, a little Cousins, better okay. version of Kirk Cousins or the, the Derek Carr tier. Like what tier mm-hmm. you're getting into with Kenny Pickett. And I think his floor is not as high as people say. So that really worries me for all of it. And I could understand the Saints or the Steelers taking him at their spots that they have in the first round to me it's even still a little bit too high but man yeah, six yeah. i can't get behind it and trading up if you're the saints i can't get behind that either here's my take on Pickett, and a lot of what you said i agree with you 100 and just taking a couple steps further very accurate very good processor um tough leader um, experienced, and I'm not sure that's good or bad. I mean, he's been those those, those uh, coach rule pictures were a long time ago. I mean, he's been in college a long time. He's played a lot of football, and it took him a long time to break out. If you look at a lot of his throws, I mean, he threw. We're, they have a receiver at Pitt that we're going to be Addison that we're going to talk about next year. He won the Bolitnikoff this year. He's a he's very open on a lot of these big throws. You know, they design Mark Whipple is the offense coordinator, NFL mind designed a lot of isolation routes for Addison Pickett found him, boom big play but the receiver is better than the quarterback is what I'm saying in, in that situation the scheme helped here's the thing about the pressure to me with with Pickett is he's very good pre-snap okay the will linebacker is going to be blitzing I'm going to adjust my protection boom I got it all protected up I hit my second read and accurately boom He's great at that, but when he comes to the line of scrimmage and that will linebacker doesn't come and a slot corner comes instead, he crumbles. You know, second reaction, when things don't go to script, especially pressure-wise with his pocket presence, as you mentioned, it gets bad. And to me, I don't know that it'll get better. And the people that love Pickett say, this is the Miller Lite version of Joe Burrow. And neither one really has a superpower, you know, uh, uh, that accuracy and processing is their superpower. And I'll argue Burrow's superpower is his heart rate never changes. He's Iceman, you know, I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. no mistakes. I mean, in the pocket, he is cool and calm. And when that corner comes that he didn't expect, he doesn't care where Pickett crumbles. 
that's a well said. That is a perfect, perfect point uh, about those prospects and in trying to figure out where Kenny Pickett's going to be, what kind of player he can become and that's why I have those questions about his floor okay there's another quarterback in the mix it's not just Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis I think as it pertains to this first round conversation could be Saints could be Steelers and we got to figure out what's going on at number two before we can figure out what's going on at number six let's mock this thing out next there are new flavors being developed all the time at Built dot com go get yourself a built bar it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar flavors like cookies and cream mint brownie cherry barcia peanut butter brownie love those coconut if you're into that thing i'm not a coconut guy but there is the built bar puffs which are unbelievable because they're the first ever protein infused marshmallow coconut marshmallow a banana cream pie brownie batter not sure what flavor you want go get a mixed box or build your own box of built bars it is high in protein low in calorie low in net carbs and low in sugar and right now a special deal going on at built.com so get over to the website right now and find yourself that low calorie high protein snack that is covered in 100 real chocolate you really feel like you got yourself a snack with built bars is the best part go to built.com Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I hate sounding like we're crushing a prospect, too, because Kenny Pickett, I want to say again, is a good prospect. So everybody out there who's a, you know, a, yeah. a Pitt fan and thinks we're crushing him, no, he's a good prospect. I just think you know six is too high, and he's. Uh, I think the floor is just No one wants to like him more than I do, trust right. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just uh, trying to be honest. Right. You said something very interesting yesterday during the mailbag segment of our podcast. Sometimes you say some interesting things, Matt. Uh, <laughs> and it was in response to comparing last year's quarterbacks and this year's quarterbacks. And we did like a little bracket, basically. You liked Malik Willis, the prospect, more than Mac Jones, the prospect, more than uh, Zach Wilson, and more than Kenny Pickett. Or more than Desmond Ritter, I think, was actually the question, not even Kenny Pickett. Yeah. So uh, are you... Are you starting but I have to, concerns. Are you starting to think about Malik Willis as maybe even not only to the Steelers at 20 or not only to the Saints or maybe even a trade up by the Saints or maybe even the Panthers at six? What about the Lions at two? I would understand it. And again, Willis is ch- not that one organization is better than the other, but if Willis goes to the Lions, I think he has a much better chance of success than he goes to the Panthers because – the Panthers will go one and three, and then, oh, we got to put Willis in to start October. He needs to sit. I mean, I didn't believe Trey Lance needed to sit. You know, I, I thought he, you know, had a pretty much a pro style offense in college. I know he didn't play his last year. I think Willis, I was just on the radio describing it this way that let's say Tom Brady is the professor of a doctorate level course and Mac Jones is probably a high school sophomore or junior, which is very advanced Willis. And I'm not even talking about him as a person where he comes from in his scheme is kindergarten. I mean, they, they never threw the ball in the middle of the field. You know, they had very, simple reads and a lot of times you'll say is that because the quarterback can't handle it or is that just a scheme I very much believe that's the scheme that the next quarterback at Liberty is going to do the same thing 
and especially with Willis, you can win a lot of games with, well, here's one read for you. If it's not there, go be the best player on the field and extend the play and, you know, create. Yeah, a lot that of works to it. Yeah, a lot of double moves on the outside, trying to hit the big play with the big armed quarterback. Right. It's, it was like if you look at the heat map of Malik Willis, and I haven't done this, but it actually I kind of want to go look at it's it to all see if I'm outside. close. I want to see, you know, the red is all on the outside, the blue is all in the middle, and if you look at Matt Corral's heat map, it's the opposite. The blue is all in the middle of the field. They're running all the RPOs, and he's you know, and all this schemed up stuff in the middle of the field, getting the ball out quick. Um, I just saw a stat on Matt Corral, by the way, who's not going to be in this mock draft in the first round because I'm definitely out on him. And even though I've heard some teams have him as their number one guy, he's his uh, yards per attempt on third downs was 4.7, where most top prospects is more like eight yards per attempt on third downs. And mm. his yard per attempt on third and eight plus is even less. It's like three and a half yards. Are you talking about Corral? Or oh, Corral. I'm talking about Corral. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I want to throw one thing out there too. There's a ton of plays and remember, Lane Kiffin's his head coach. I mean, he's not – it's not a young up-and-comer. This is a dude with NFL ties whose dad was a historic NFL coach. There's a lot of third downs where Kiffin just takes the ball out of Corral's hands and runs like a quarterback draw or an RPO. Mm-hmm. You know, like third and eight isn't drop back on with my first-round quarterback, throw an in-route, and go. I mean – they took the ball out of his hands on crucial situations time and time again. That mm-hmm. scares the heck out of Oh, me. yeah. You should be leaning on your first-round quarterback if that's right, the case, right. if you're in a college program, right? And just the the just the way the offense was run, it's such a high percentage of RPOs and, and seeing oh. how, uh, you know, and there's something to Corral, but, man. I, I, he has traits. I mean, he's real twitchy and real sudden, yeah. you know, but, man, they don't ask him to do much at all. Okay. And Willis is similar. I would not be shocked if the draft board for the Detroit Lions started with Aiden Hutchinson, but the second player was Malik Willis. Yeah. I mean, I think Walker's in the equation now, but I wouldn't blame him if they took Willis at two. And trust me, I used to be more infatuated with Willis than I am now because one of the reasons that worries me about throwing in the middle of the field is because he's short. No one talks about these things. Russell Wilson doesn't throw in the middle of the field very much either. They can't see. Baker Mayfield has that problem. But at least Wilson and Willis are elite athletes to move their feet where they can find throwing lanes. That kills Baker. Yes, and that's where I worry a little bit about some of the other quarterbacks that are somewhat athletic that ran in college that that athleticism doesn't play as well in the pros like Kenny Pickett, like Sam Howell, right, right, uh, like right, Matt right. Corral even. And you especially it, it, those three. And we, yeah, they move well enough, but they're not going to create with their legs at the next level. Right. And we've seen that hurt Baker Mayfield is he can't create in the pro level like he did in college. Because no, he just doesn't no, have that level of athleticism. Or, right, yeah. right, right. Obviously, Kenny Pickett's tall. doesn't have that problem of you know seeing over. No, he'll throw in the middle of the field. Right, yeah. right, right. So, Aiden Hutchinson goes one. I'm going to plug Malik Willis in number two. This is the okay. this is the the league is crazy about quarterbacks, and I th- and Malik Willis has won enough people over. He goes as high as number two because this is where I want to see you know does does do the New Orleans Saints are they that crazy are they that um, hopped up for a quarterback did they move all of this just so they could get all the way up to the top five and draft a quarterback in front of the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. I'm going to say no that I'm going to believe what you said earlier, and I'm going to believe what our guy Ross Jackson, the host of Locked On Saints, said about the Saints, that he just thinks that they're maneuvering in to get two good players, and they saw an opportunity to get into this first round and think it's more valuable for them to do so. 
whether that's and a tackle they live for today, whether that's a quarterback at 16, 19, whether it's a, a tackle wide receiver at those spots, they just moved in here to get value. And, you know, there's 19 first round players in this class and they're they have two picks in the first 19. And I think that's the case. I, I really do. Um, quick question for you, especially if Willis goes two, and we think the Panthers probably will take Pickett at six. Yes. Could you see Atlanta, Seattle, Washington is a reach, uh, trying to get in the top five for Pickett? I don't. I, I just really and that that's the problem I have is it's it's. I don't think it's – I think two is too high for Willis, and I think six is too high – I think six is too high for any of them, uh, and six right. is too high for Pickett. And I definitely think it's too high for the trade-up, which is why I, I'll, I will allow myself to believe, even though in my heart of hearts I think it is quarterback that the Saints are, are going after, I will allow myself to believe that teams aren't going to trade up and, and fall over themselves to go get these guys in the top yeah. five. In the top five. Yeah. So yeah. – Kenny Pickett and I would goes, be a little critical. Atlanta or Seattle, I think you wait a year because they're so bad. I mean, I'd rather take my chances on next year's class. Kenny Pickett is the only guy that meets the the commandments, the old uh, Bill Parcells, Parcells commandments, stuff, yeah. right? And and the and the, I, and the Saints coaching staff is kind of Parcells tree, right? I know Sean Payton's oh, not there Payton anymore, is, yeah. but I wonder yeah. if that's like part of the Pickett thing for them. But you know who else is really close? And the more I think about this. I think maybe this deal with the Saints, one of those players that they like, what if it's Desmond Ritter, who is very close, and I think there's one of the commandments maybe he doesn't hit. I know it's, you know, he's started a ton. He started a ton of games, um, won a ton of games. High percentage completion, percentage passer. You know, the the two-to-one touchdown-interception ratio, like everybody hits that nowadays in college. So Ridiculous he hits a lot of them, percentage. and I've heard he doesn't hit one, but I'm not sure which one it is. And he broke out at a younger age. He's got multiple good seasons compared to Kenny Pickett, younger prospect anyway than Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett had his best season year five of his college career, and year three of uh, uh, Cincinnati under Desmond Ritter. Th- that that team started to be really good, and he got him all the way to the, the college football playoff last year. So there's a lot to like about Desmond Ritter, and just as high, in my opinion, of a floor as Kenny Pickett. I wish his accuracy was as on point as Kenny Pickett, but I think his mechanics in the pocket, um, more athleticism, has legit 4-5 speed to, to make some plays, but he plays from the pocket first. I love all of those things. Uh, a leader, a winner. I wonder if that is the player that the Saints saw and thought, you know what? We like Desmond Ritter enough to draft him there so we can just let the draft come to us and we can take a wide receiver or a tackle and then just take Desmond Ritter in front of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm really warming up the Ritter. And just to, you know, again, always talking about Steelers. I wouldn't take Pickett at 20. I am currently kicking it around in my head what a definitive answer would I take Ritter at 20, which means I'd like Ritter better than Pickett, Ooh. especially for the Steelers. Ritter was my number two quarterback in this draft for all the reasons you mentioned, but even the personality, the toughness, the professionalism, I think he has a kid. I mean, I know he has a family already. He, there's something to be said for taking a program like Cincinnati and turning and really changing the public opinion of an entire program. And he's not the only reason, but he's a big reason. He won like 88% of his games. He ran faster than anybody at the combine. I mean, and that's a, a part two to his processing. I mean, he's a quarterback first, 
But when things don't go well, he'll tuck it and run and get the easy yards. Um, he's built a little bit more like a wide receiver than I'd like, but maybe he'll put on 10 pounds over the next the, five years And that's or kind whatever. of the thing. The biggest weaknesses with Ritter is, okay, he's skinny, but – you know, he'll be in an NFL weight room. He's going to get older yeah, and get yeah, bigger yeah. just like we all do. And I was real skinny when I was in my early 20s, too. And right, it's not right, the right. case anymore, right? And we've seen NFL quarterbacks get – and he's not, like, inaccurate, but maybe there's a few throws. His misses be a, are bad. Yeah, he could be a little bit more pinpoint. And so that's something we've seen get better with NFL quarterbacks as well. So you can look at Ritter and think, man, high floor, high ceiling, and we can – you know, he can get better – and we think we can coach up the other things and man, we've got a starting caliber quarterback here. And so that's what makes me think that Ritter might be a big part of all of this, whether it's the Steelers or especially the saints. So I'm going to lock him into the new Orleans saints in this mock draft. Okay. Yeah. If there was a stock market right now for quarterbacks and all these guys had a price by them, I'd be buying Ritter. Cause I assume he'd be the third cheaper, third most expensive. You know, I mean, I, I think he might end up being the best of the group. Last note on him is the inaccuracy stuff is very real. He'll miss throws where you just go, how did you miss that one? You know, (laughs) but it got less and less every year at Cincinnati. And the two big reasons he did it is he would, for no reason, would drop his elbow sometimes and change his arm angle. And a lot of times he was overstriding with his, his left foot, you know, his plant foot. And I think that the NFL nowadays isn't just about your former coach and the team you're going to. He's been spending the last couple of months with Carson Palmer's brother, Jordan, working on all these things from like a biometric standpoint. I mean, he does every little thing to get better. It may never, he's still going to miss a throw here and there, but it's getting better, you know? So I think Ritter's a guy. So that's the only, those are the only three quarterbacks that I can even get behind and see and even allow myself to mock in the first round. And maybe Corral gets in at 32. Maybe a team loves Hal, but I feel like he's sliding even further down and might not be a second round pick at this point. Mm -hmm. And and I think Corral, to be honest with you, I think Ritter should be a second round pick. And, you know, I I was thinking about mocking Ritter at 32 to the Lions, you know, in in a mock draft. And I think that could be potentially a scenario. But, I'm sitting here. Boy, I would the, take that in a heartbeat if I were the Lions right now. Yeah, I, I think that would. If be, I could take Ritter at 32, right? Boy, Hutchinson at two, and Rich and and Ritter or even at Walker. Yeah, yeah, right. So the Steelers, just really quick, we're we're out of time, but the Steelers don't have a quarterback in this mock. I can't plug anybody there in there at 20, but I get the feeling the Steelers Steelers aren't going to be a team that that moves around. Like, would they go up in front of the saints for Ritter? Would they go up in front of the saints? If Malik Willis was still on the board, is there a trade up scenario there where the saints, you know, are sitting at 16 and the, the Steelers are at 20 and maybe Pickett goes first and Willis is still there. Do the, the Steelers call the Texans and move up to say 13 and grab Malik Willis. I'd have a hard time with it. I mean, they, they don't have a wealth of picks. They're not short on picks, but they don't have any extras or anything like that. And some of these teams, the Saints, the Steelers, I don't think they can win the Super Bowl this year, but they're not going to pick top five next year either. You know, like they're kind of not in no man's land, but they're they're not going to be bad enough to get the next stud. Like, you know, unless the, you know, something terrible happens injury-wise for some of these teams. And they're not probably not good enough to beat the Bills or the Chiefs or teams like that. It doesn't mean you're in no man's land, but it might just mean you take Ritter at 20 and 
start cultivating it now. You know, like I would understand that, but uh, I don't know. Um, would you be critical of the Saints or Steelers if they took Ritter at 16, 19, or 20? I think it's too high. I think everybody I in this mock has too, gone yeah. too high, and I would be critical and not give them high grades. But I would really start to un- like if I was doing what should happen in in a in an ideal world, like Willis at twenty is the first quarterback off the board. That makes sense to me in my that mind, and, and me, how right. things should probably go. But as we know, that's not what happens in the NFL draft. And sit them all year and mean yes. it. Yep, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, and it probably won't go that way. And Willis yeah. scheme scheme wise with uh, Matt Canada's uh, offense too. I like, I like the fit. I like everything there, and yeah. it starts to make sense at twenty. Earlier than that. Um, it's just bananas, and that's why we love the NFL draft because things are going to be crazy. And, and there will probably be trades too, and so that's why I wanted to go through this. No trade, and I think maybe the Saints, if Ritter is the, the X factor here, maybe that whole trade with, this, with uh, the Saints getting into the first round, maybe that all starts to make sense because here's the other part of not drafting a quarterback if you're the Saints. Last thought here because we got to go. Yeah. They don't have a first pick first round pick next year now so they can't trade right, for right. a veteran they can't draft a first round guy next year you're gonna you're gonna tell me that if they don't draft a quarterback at 16 or 19 that their whole plan was oh never mind we got Jameis winston and we're good forever now like i can't buy that because they don't have a first round pick they can't do anything they can't go get a veteran they can't or you know a big they time can't go get kyler murray or right. you know right no it's so, a good point i mean i hear you uh, i hear you i i don't know much a rebuttal for that i know we're gonna go if any of these quarterbacks start to fall, though, in the mid-20s, I think teams like the Lions, mm. Seattle, Indy, Atlanta, that are all picking in the top half of round two are going to be beating down the doors to get in the first round. And now that we've done all this, it'll be the crazy, oh, the quarterbacks all fell draft, right? And, and we'll, there'll, be, there'll be, be, the Steelers will pass on all of them and there will be no quarterbacks taken in the first 20 picks. Saints and Steelers won't take Willis or any of them, and yeah. they'll all be sitting there going, right. I still think Pickett's going to the Panthers. I'm standing by that one. I, I, I got to. I, uh, that's one that I feel like you almost have to plug in, even though I don't like it. They should be. I mean, if they pass on Evan Neal for Pickett, I'm going to lose my mind, but I think they will. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to get a high grade for it, but right, this no, is, right. A, a mock draft is a projection, not a this is what the team should be doing. And as we know, right, teams right. don't all, often do what they should be doing. Right. Draft Evan Neal and give the Niners a future second for Garoppolo and oh. see what you can, you know. Yeah, and save your on. job. Be a better team now yeah, right, and, and probably right. be a better team later for it. 100%. Well, this, we could talk about this for hours. Yep, we got to get going. Uh, thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. Matt and I back next week. In the meantime, you can listen to uh, any number of programs because your team is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt is doing Locked On Dynasty. Uh, Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy bringing you draft coverage every day on Locked On NFL Draft. Matt and I back Monday right here. Peacock and Williamson.